local Tassie band, Luca Brasi, just brought out a, a new album in the last week or so. And one of the opening lines in the first song is like, I've got my heat pump on. And then <laughs> nice. in one of their the groups that I follow in it, he's had to explain to all these mainlanders what a heat pump is. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, really drop the ball with this lyric. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's what we call an air conditioner. So Going one, going twice, so Alright guys, welcome back to the Property Pod, your weekly engagement into real estate here in the Hobart Marketplace. I'm your host Aaron Horn, and it is a sunny spring day here in Hobart. Sun's out, guns out, can't believe Johnny Mac's wearing a shirt. What yeah. is happening team? It's linen baby. <laughs> it breathes. <Yeah. laughs> so I'm joined by John McGregor Under and Patrick Berry. negotiations you've got today, you've got that, to stay oh, cool and dry. Right, that's right. <laughs> What's happening out there in spring, lads? Tell me about the spring market uh, now that we're a few weeks into the uh, one of the funnest months of the – or the funnest seasons going around. Look, I would say there's plenty of stock coming to market, but maybe not quite as many buyers as we'd hope. Yeah, I guess everyone's still a little bit cautious. Yeah. That's that's the be-all and end-all. But a lot of the contracts for writing up are subject to sales. And um, the biggest problem, I suppose, from investors coming to Hobart is that the numbers still aren't there for them. Mm. When the interest rates are so high, to buy individual properties just doesn't really make economic sense for a lot of them right now. Yeah. So a lot of that um, lower-lying stock, it's the best way I could think to describe it, um, you know, which our investors make up 30% of our market. If that's on a steep steep decline, well, obviously that has a real negative pressure on the interest for a lot of our properties. Mm. So stuff that's moving is that sort of family home type stuff, the second and third ownership properties. It, it, in terms of that's what we're seeing. Mm. I, I 100% agree on that. Absolutely. Guys, guys, this is the first five minutes of the show. This is where I get to talk about things that aren't real estate. I, <laughs> I mask it by saying it's meant to be, but that was like legit content. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, we'll try to dumb yeah, it down. Dumb it down for me. Yeah, Come I'm on. Sorry, let's, let's, let's pivot back. Come so, on, this is the five minutes I get to have let's, some fun. Let's, let's talk about pets. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> no, that was good. That was good. I actually walking along my Very street. Practical. I think previously I've talked about this. When I walk my dog, I'll often notice the um the signboards popping up and popping down whenever there's a bit of action. And you know, if you see a street with a bunch of signs, yeah, what does that mean for the street? My street has turned into that um, street. There's oh, about gro- six gro- different Grove Road. Geez, there must be the one family with a dog and two kids. That yeah, I wondered, am I the guy that's sending everybody out of the out of the neighbourhood? Well played, mate. Checks under the table. <laughs> They're creeped out by your little boy just staring out the window every Tuesday morning, looking for those bin trucks. Yeah, I must say, I um, obviously I just put a buyer's agent agreement together for us, you know, so we could offer our extended services in this company. Yeah, um, because we've already been, I've done it a few times in the past, and. Um, I was chatting with a guy um, a couple of days ago, just a first-time investors. The guy said he'd been making about two hundred grand a year. Um, he wants to be a little bit more aggressive in investing, so he likes the idea of getting an Airbnb and down that route. Um, but his partner seemed to be a lot more conservative, so she would rather just get just a simple, staple sort of you know property. So mapped out like this financial ten-year prospectus for each property that he asked about. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when you sort of spat all the numbers down, it was spitting out the fact, well, by the time you've put your, in theory, 200 grand into the into the kitty, you're getting about 3% return on your money. Um, and in a current environment where the capital growth is a bit stagnant right now, you know, he's looking at that going, this is not what my parents talked about. Said, yeah, this is a different cycle for Hobart, mate. Yeah, yeah. Um, so all of a sudden it looked really appealing. It was like, well, 
back to his conservative, the conservative side of it, well, the it actually would make sense if he just grabbed that money and either chucked it in his offset or you know put it in a um, interested bearing account, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. For, for the very very short term, so it's been fun. Seeing, you know, having fun talking him out of a sale. Well done. Pretty much. Selling homes, but yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> but it was it's, it's, it, trying to get into the minds, I guess, of where, oh, like, why is there less people looking to buy? Well, you, you're in the mind of a whole sector of the market that are looking at these opportunities and going, it's just not making economical sense right yeah. now. Yeah. Mm. So the only way that we can really bolster up those numbers is finding properties that have then you know, split opportunities for income or <clears throat> granny flats, et cetera, so the actual return on their money can be a bit higher. Yeah, yeah. So it really goes to show, especially in, you know, our local marketplace, but even into the um, city suburbs as well, where the, you know, the vacancy rates are increasing, et cetera, um, that's having a bearing on people wanting to make a decision and happily just waiting on the fence for a little bit because they're not having that fear of missing out. But then once you get those properties that are immaculately done, beautifully presented, you know, they're still flying out the door. Well, I was going to say again, like just Marilyn, Marilyn, we talked about a few weeks back where she had the one with the property that was, I think, on the market for three or four days yeah, and gone. Montrose. I think that's happened to her again in another Montrose one this yeah, week. Yeah, so, just, and townhouse. two absolutely cute as a button, like nothing to be done, just move in. That's and it. obviously priced right in that right Sweet spot. spot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's... There's something to be said for. It'll be interesting to see if Marty can do the same with his new Bridge Brighton property that he's got out. Yes. Have you been to that one yet? Burroughs. Burroughs, yeah. I have. That maybe I've photographed it. Neat as a pin. Yeah, okay. Oh, Burroughs. Yeah. We went there yesterday, you and I did, John. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right on the 600 mark. Yeah, Absolutely. So if that, that moves out the door, it locks in your theory, Aaron. There you go. I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take <laughs> the hat trick. Yeah. <laughs> for me, I look at that as that's the, the principles of any market. You know, it's that you want to. If you can, you want to make your property the most appealing. Oh yeah, be well, both in presentation, you know, and your price, and that's where I suppose when you, we, we, this was something we were going to talk about last week, where the changes in the to terms that um, both tenants and buyers are actually looking. Oh, like the most desirable. Yeah. Um, oh, look at you with a segue yeah, coming through. Yeah, yeah, what a guy! He saved <laughs> the day. Got your point. <laughs> um, yeah, there was an article like uh, some keyword stats that have come out of um, prop track. Prop track. Yeah. So, uh, owned by realestate.com, I, think. I believe yeah, so, so, yes. So where you do the searches, you can add additional features by like there's air conditioning, swimming pool, tennis court, um, floorboards. So there's like a series of tick boxes that you can just go, yes, make sure that the properties I'm searching for have these characteristics. Yeah, look, mm. I don't know how good this data is, but the one that cracks me up the most is that garages have now taken over swimming pools in Tasmania. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not sure who's searching swimming pools in Tasmania. Hey, mate, back but in the day. But it's good to know that garages are now a more important feature to have in a well, house than a swimming pool. I was confused. Though. Was this just Tassie or was this Australia-wide? So there were stats across Tas- Australia-wide. Yeah. I got the Tasmania results oh, and, so and brought them in. So these are legit the <laughs> keywords that buyers are searching for. <laughs> In um in our market or across our state, yeah, yeah. So yeah, just clearly, running through them. Clearly, it's mainland buyers moving that want the swimming pool that don't realise you can't use the swimming pool. <laughs> it's oh, that no. interesting Fill thing, maybe. You know, when you like, you just want to throw out like a just a, a wish a of if. like a what if. Yeah. Like, I'm just gonna click swimming pool and just see. <laughs> see what comes back. But it's a bloody lot of people doing it. If that's the case, yeah. yeah. The <laughs> the top ten that that people are. Have, have been searching for across the the past year. Number one, garage. Number two, ensuite. Number three, swimming pool. Number four, air conditioning or 
heat pump if you're here in uh, in Tassie. Oh, that's always a fun one when you're explaining to a new buyer what a heat pump is. Yeah, well, the um the local Tassie band Luca Brasi just brought out a, a new album in the last week or so, and one of the opening lines in the first song is like, "I've got my heat pump on," and then <laughs> nice. in one of their the groups that I follow in it. He's had to explain to all these mainlanders what a heat pump is. So he's like, yeah, really drop the ball with this lyric. Sorry, guys. It's what we call an air conditioner. So, yeah, shout out to those guys for like, being real tazzy with their yeah, lyrics. Um, Built-in wardrobes, dishwasher, shed, solar panels. So they're the kind of keyword for buyers, uh, the, mm-hmm. are the top ten across the thing. And Look, garage makes sense. Um, it's a storage accommodation. Yes. I'm really interested that solar panels have cracked the top ten. I think yeah, it's cool. Yeah, For yeah, me, yeah. it's interesting that people are starting to look at more carbon-friendly homes or more energy-efficient homes Man, because the, electricity is so expensive these days. Yeah. So, and it's really expensive to buy solar panels. So if you can find a home that already has them, then you, you get the benefit of the cheaper power without the original outlay of the yeah. solar panel. Yeah, I, yeah. Look, I want to be on board solar. I so want to be on board. Like, they just need to clean up their um, image I just feel like any time someone calls me about solar or you get served and out about it, it just seems like a scam. Why does it seem like a scam? Yeah. I have no I, idea. I, I guess whenever you get a cold call about anything, there's always a natural scepticism. But the, the thing was, though, is, that, you know, um, if you go back to the insulation scheme when all of a sudden they had those huge big financial incentives, yep. that was an absolute mess. You had all those people coming out of the woodwork that had no qualifications. were just pumping it out and getting the the kickbacks. So maybe yeah. are you are you saying that like this is the same thing with the solar? Like there it's could be just a couple people, of companies that are doing it. I just you know? don't you get just it. Careful. Oh, I think one of them is the Essendon sponsorship too, isn't it? <laughs> so, uh, you know, well, they can't I mean, get out uh, of the rut. Uh, uh, Admittedly, <laughs> you're not getting a big return on investment right now, but you know, <laughs> ease up, ease up. It's interesting though. Like I'd I'd love to get somebody in from. A solar, a solar company. company just be yeah. like, can you just explain to me? Well, did did Tom would Tom Green be able to remember how we had it? Ingenuity on? power. Yeah, they're kicking butt. I don't know. I reckon one, we could we could ask him. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's interesting. We have solar on our house, and I'm just in my Aurora account looking now what we generate. You know, we're making like four dollars a day, three dollars a day. It's not big dollars, so like back into your account. Yeah, know? back into our account. But so. you're not spending any money though, are you? Like, no, well, that's that be so how? that's how much comes off our daily usage. Is oh, like three dollars okay. so a day. So not exciting. You know, I think our average day in our household, which is a family of four, is around twelve, thirteen bucks a day, of which two dollars, three dollars is covered by solar. Right. Okay. <laughs> so it doesn't make a massive difference. I, I guess because it's you know amount <laughs> amount of solar panels, the yeah. solar orientation. And like, I agree, ours yeah. aren't orientated to maximize yeah. the sun. But, yeah. you know, I'm not sure if you're going to be making but, the big promises that they promise. <laughs> and that's the point, eh? Like if, I, if, if you're if you're got a south-facing house at the in the valley, in the Lena Valley, that just that particular part of the roof doesn't get anything. Well, yeah, it's yeah. a complete waste of money. Yeah. And you are. Like you're, you're just getting getting sold a snake oil. Well, know? yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd love to dive deeper into it and find out more. It is something I would I would like to know. Yeah, yeah. And it's just got a bad reputation. Like even when you turn from Elwick Road onto – um, off the highway, mm. there's a sign there saying something about don't get scammed by solar. Man, it's like, it's like no. You could put real estate agent on there as well and everyone would be thinking the same, you know. Like, <laughs> oh, so any, is- anything when it comes to selling instantly has a bad connotation to it, you know, <laughs> especially when it's getting pumped down your throat. I'll rephrase that. Especially when you <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about heat pumps, <laughs> not love pumps. <laughs> uh, moving forward. Let's find out the keywords for renters. Um, pet friendly. Yeah, pet friendly, yeah, a huge right. one. And I would have to say that has got to be, if you're in a 
spot with your rental to allow pets, it has got to be the game changer oh, to get a, a premium price and a quicker rental. And most people are good pet owners. Yeah. Very simply, yeah. Because so many people have pets and they're limited with what they can rent. So when one comes up that ticks the boxes, boom, it's mm. gone straight away. Years ago, we actually had a pet bond in our business before the legislation changed where you weren't even allowed, you were no longer allowed to charge it. Yeah. What we found was but people had no issue. I think it was 50 bucks. Like no one had an issue paying the I remember $50. those days. It was yeah. about 50 bucks. But the thing was is that when they removed that option, everyone just went, well, fine. No pets then. Uh, you know, it was that thing where no one had an issue paying. It was just that uh, the thought was, well, they shouldn't have to pay more just because they've got a pet. So then it was like, well, okay, if we can't minimise our risks then, well, I guess – we just won't allow pets anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was just that but I'm glad to see that now I think a lot of people are starting to sway in the other direction. But I think we actually influence our owners in a big way. Like we'll mm. try and encourage them to say, hey, look, allow it to be pet friendly. You're going to attract a much wider, you know, you're going to attract good people. And if you find that the pet that they have doesn't necessarily Suit fit them. your property, well, we can always just, you know, we don't have to go in that direction. Well, I think that's the you know? key. Like we do a lot of uh, pets on application yeah. with ours. And that way we allow everyone to have a look. And if you just say no pets, what if it's like a little freaking bird in a cage? That's exactly. not going to have any effect on yeah. the home at all. Yeah, but be reasonable. Yeah. And the same as like different sized dogs. Like if it's a little two-bedroom unit, then a Great Dane's not going to be the best animal to have there. <laughs> no. But you know, if you have pets on application, you can just assess each application and assess what type of animal it is at the time. Yeah, and I guess with the when you look at it, renters versus owners, is it owners aren't worried about it because they're in control of the property, so they don't have to answer to anybody, in, for lack of a better term. Yeah, but right. with the with the tenancy in that regard, well, then you know it's a, it's a big hindrance for them. So other words on the list, I think number two was furnished. Now that one surprised yeah, me. That's, yeah, that's that's super because surprising. here in our agency we would talk people out of furnished yeah. homes because it's most people have their own belongings. Mm, mm. Like I can imagine furnished homes, if this is like Hobart, for instance, versus Tasmania, I can potentially yeah, understand inner city, kind of style, yeah. inner city apartments being fully furnished because yep. we have a lot of uh, doctors that come in for six, 12-month stints at the Royal Hobart, things like that. So mm, mm. having a fully furnished apartment is easy. Mm. But across greater Tasmania, I'm surprised that people are looking for fully furnished properties. But air conditioning is number four. Garage number three. So those two things are right on line with um, buyers as well. Yeah. So outdoor area, you know, it's nice to have a spot. Um, Building wardrobes doesn't surprise me, actually. In because, a rental. Well, I've noticed um, the the change in people's expectations has greatly increased over the last few years. Yeah. And I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way, but I don't think that our generation and the younger really want um, chest of drawers at all. You know, so that if there's if there's no storage in that house, they're just walking out. Um, and a good Heard example. Here first, no storage. We're well, out. Yeah. there was there was one that we had um, it down at Derwent Park, and we he'd actually bought um, one of those um, storage ones from like Fantastic Furniture, where you can build the yeah, wardrobe. Yeah, build the wardrobe, pop it in the corner. Yeah, and then boom, taken the next day. But before that, when the whole because it's an old 1940s, nineteen forties, yeah, nineteen forties home, so none of the bedrooms had any storage whatsoever. So the whole house was like, well, where the heck do I put anything? Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're just walking away. The rental that I had out at Claremont had zero storage at all. Yeah, yeah. Not a single thing. Yep. yep. So it's challenging. You got to find solutions. Yeah, and we, I guess we've just got a lot of stuff these days. <laughs> um, but you know, it, but that's the thing. We when I was chatted to the owner at the time, I was just like, mate, the next time you can swing around, we're going to have to put some storage in this place because otherwise we're going to be in the same boat yeah, as yeah. when you're on the market. Yeah, it's amazing. I didn't, didn't really think that would be 
such a big one, but yeah, yeah. obviously yeah. It, it's in the top ten of what people are searching for in that area. Plus, the, I think the guy that made this report though just has a thing for swimming pools because what renter <laughs> is looking for a swimming pool which has made it into spot number nine? Again, it's a wish list item. You just yeah. go like, well, I'm just going to see if there's any out there with yeah, a swimming yeah. pool. What, what has or, swimming pool? You know, has realestate.com just got that automatically ticked on and you've got to tick it off? Like, <laughs> yeah. is that what we're dealing with here? Because yeah, I yeah. cannot think of any renter that's going, I really need a swimming pool in this next rental. <laughs> got the next Michael curious. Phelps here and I've got to train him up every day. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Maybe I need to look further into my stats. Maybe my stats are nation, nationwide, but I'm fairly sure when I got them, this was what, oh, Tassie. what Tassie renters and Tassie homeowners were chasing. So, aside, aside from the swimming pool, that really makes no sense. I can see the pattern. The rest seems yeah. legit. It's yeah, just yeah. the swimming pool is just throwing me now. If you're listening and you are a person that searches for swimming pools, I would love to hear yeah, from yeah, you. Yeah, tell us about it. <laughs> do you want to yeah. use it? Do you just want to, you know? Is it a status thing? Do you just like to have yeah. it because you get to say, well, I've got a swimming pool? Like, what are you using Hey, if for? you want someone to talk to give you the negatives about swimming pool, just get Dad to sit in that seat for five minutes and just whinge about his power bills after they got, now have a house with a swimming pool. Well, that was going to be one of the things for renters when I thought like a swimming pool um, is like the, the maintenance of it and kind of, Keeping it yeah, yeah. nice and tidy and, and a pool and not like a swamp. Well, <laughs> is, they could go hand in hand if you're getting an apartment complex because you could have it furnished with a swimming pool. So it's like it's a, you uh, know, a fancy strata. Oh, yeah. Like, look at um, is it one Collins in town. That's uh, Cr- the, Crystal's Row, yeah. Yeah, they've yep. got the swimming pools and they're part of the body corporate. So it makes sense. It's a. But even then, that's a rare, um, rare one in Hobart. Especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, much more common in state, obviously. But man. Um, very only interesting. Yeah, <laughs> but I like it. I love that people are searching for swimming pools. Yeah, 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 and yeah. I'm shout use out that at my next appraisal that has a swimming pool. I'm like, you guys are in luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> course, it is top ten. Speaking of swimming pools, just before we finish up, I just kind of wanted to cover off on. Um, have you guys come across this article? It's a bit clickbaity out there. Um, it's it's the couple's reaction to the $4.25 million home that they won oh, yes. on the block yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so they, they went on the block, but it was it was purchased from last year's block by the, this guy Melbourne. that has this competition. It's, yeah, this Melbourne businessman. I think it's... It's, it's a raffle business, basically. Yeah. So, so you guys have... You've come across it. Basically, like there's videos of the that he's released of the couple at the place, like kind of going through it. And I think he's filmed it, you know, to be the fluff piece of saying like, we're giving them away the home, they're going to be so excited. And they're walking yeah. around pointing out, oh, used to be a wine fridge there. Ah, oh, is the pool heated? Is this... Um, <laughs> Where, where's the treadmill? Where's the treadmill? Where's all these things that were in the house? And so Ouch. it's kind of turned into a bit of a slinging match of, <laughs> of mud of being like, hey, here's... Like we gave you a four point two million dollar home. There's no mortgage on it. Yeah, you should be stoked. Yeah, and yeah. all the articles have kind of been like, how un-Australian to not appreciate this prize. Yeah, do it. Good, good luck to them trying to find sympathy in the public. It's just like, yeah, yeah. I know it's worth four mil, and I could flip it like tomorrow, and then we'd become multi-millionaires. But the treadmill's gone. Oh, so I was promised a treadmill, man. Don't well, I guess it's in the wording. So. If he was giving away a $4.25 million home, but he's taken out $100,000 worth of items because those items were shadows included in the sale. Oh. So is it misleading? He didn't give away 4.25. He only gave away 4.15. Well, well then I so guess. So the couple say, I should, where's my extra $100,000? They should be well, asking. I think that's what they're asking. Yeah. So this is where okay. it's getting really interesting. I think there's another clause in like the raffle where it was you can either have $4.25 million house or I'll give you $3 million in cash. cash yeah. And they've said, no, no, we'll take the house. Mm. Um, 
don't know. It's just really interesting. I think I would have gone Look, to cash. It's it's. It, I see it in the sense that they'd the perception that it was done was that all oh, this is going to happen, and the second you take away from that spoils the moment. You know, we even see it. Um, it can happen with our, us from time to time where the it may not be a chattel on the contract, but it's included in the photos, and the buyer just gets it in their mind that that's going to be staying. And then it's gone. Like, so well, this is this is where I wanted to. Great example at the moment. So I'm selling a house up in Norfolk, and it's got this amazing, like, polished concrete barbecue built-in barbecue. Right. But it's not actually built in. It's just sitting on the deck. It looks like it's built in. Yeah. Because yeah. it's been purposely fit to the space, but it's mm. actually not staying with the house. Yeah. They're taking it with them. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've had to make it clear to anyone that looks. Even though that looks built in, it's just freestanding and yep. it belongs to the owners. They're taking it with them mm. um, because I don't want this exact no, scenario exactly. here to happen yeah, yeah. where they arrive on settlement day and they're like, where's our barbecue? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is where I wanted to lead this from the clickbaity article into like talking chattels. You actually came into the bunker the other day and were kind of explaining chattels in a little video format that you were trying to experiment with. Mm. Can you talk to me about like what is a chattel? Mm. How does that side of real estate work and yeah is it just a matter of marking down this is staying this is not staying it's you got to it's easier when i was describing it like there was the definition but i don't think even you think of it like inclusions and exclusions of a property seems to be the better way that i've come to understand it now because you they'll have um, fixtures and fittings is another way to look at it so a fixture is like the actual cabinetry itself affixed to the wall into the floor so there's not really a need to be able to sit there and describe that the kitchen's coming with the house but with that said you've got the oven so the oven needs to be described because it's a fitting yep. so there mm-hmm. look there's elements that can be removed um, that aren't affixed to the structure and the, and the barbecue is another good example where you've got the whole uh, fittings all around that it, it sits within but the barbecue can come come can come out easily, so that's where chattels, then fixtures and fittings, inclusions and exclusions, um, come into play. So that's you'll say, I know it's odd. Fixed floor coverings, carpets can be ripped up. You can't take the floor with you though. You know, um, electric light fittings. So you have to describe that because you can take the lampshades down. So is this in every yeah. every house you're listing? Are you writing down fixed floor coverings or is that built into the contract as it's already written down every time? Well, it's actually, it'd be the owner's best interest to not include anything because then they could just take everything. So it's the purchaser that wants, needs to make sure that there's fixed floor coverings, electric light fittings, the stove, like all the stuff that they want to stay. Yeah. They have to ensure that it's written into the contract. Otherwise it could be argued to say, hey. It's never and, part of the deal. And it's our job, I guess, to make sure we understand what the owner's leaving and not leaving. Yeah. Because yeah. if we're showing the home and there's a beautiful chandelier over the dining table and we assume that that's fixed to the roof, it belongs yeah. to the house, the purchaser gets all excited, and then we find out after we've sold the house, the owner's like, oh, no, that was given to me by my mum and dad for an anniversary present. It's got to come gotta go. with me. It's got mm. sentimental value. Yeah. All of a sudden, we've promised the purchaser something that is going to actually be removed. So it's also about just understanding. Yeah. And that's um, where the exclusion list comes into it because especially big, we'll use the chandelier, for example, you've got all the, um, you know, the electric light fittings excluding the giant chandelier in the ballroom, yep. you know, so at least then. we sell so many ballrooms. Exactly. <laughs> hey, just like it's we sell over the swimming just pool. like swimming pools. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's why, um, you know, I had it in a, a case a while back where the, um, there was, you know, beautiful um, timber shelving that was on the wall that ended up. Oh, yeah, I remember this. Uh, a huge, huge barnstorm. Um, but the. <laughs> huge 
It was well. It was. It was yeah. old old barn um, wood, yeah, wasn't it? Exactly. Um, oh, I love that. So it's it, the you know those things. That's why the expectations have to be set very clearly because the second that there's a little bit of a muddy water where someone's going to expect something that might have been overpromised or not promised at all, even if it wasn't promised at all, with it there, they're still going to have the expectation that stays. And I reckon in many ways with that um, the, charity one, yeah, the guy said, "Oh." Everything stays. I guess the, the yeah. tricky bit with the fully furnished one for the block kind of is that it is heavily documented on TV mm. that these are all the features of the house. And, you know, Shayna Blaze is walking around going, like, oh, my Look God, at the wine fridge. wine fridge is so That's nice. it, right? And they do yeah. that big deal about doing the depreciation list where they have the company come in and do the whole yeah, itemized yeah, list yeah. of what's included. <laughs> So, so personally, the, the guy backtracking to say, well, it's my company, I can do what I want. Like, okay, in theory, yes, but that was a really bad way to play it. In the end, it's just like, look, that was what was promised. That's what the expectation is going to be. So it's non-surprising that even... Or is he the ultimate business person? Yeah. So well, this in terms is of the brand, purposely, exactly. Purposely taking well, things out to make a story out of it. So this yeah. is, yeah, this is so once I've kind of clickbaited down into the story... Then you kind of get led down a Reddit wormhole, mm. and we've talked about how horrible Reddit can be. But there's sometimes there's interesting stuff in there. Oh yeah, I did get a few screenshots of people being like, "Like this is brilliant business. This guy's like using this disruption technique of just being like, people love a story like this. Mm. What if he flicked them fifty k just to be like, yeah, you guys be the scapegoats for this little story for a little while? I think it'd be a brilliant idea. Yeah, yeah." Yeah, probably got a sneaky 50K in a brown paper bag to be ungrateful and pump up the viral story. Yeah. So in theory, one little way you could say is that the um, we're talking about it, like not that we're big, mm. we're a podcast, but... We are. We're, yeah, well, this is it. Like, he'll come we were in us. the newspaper like two weeks well, ago, mate. Woo-hoo. <laughs> um, but... Well, I think we made the top ten list of podcasts in Tasmania. Yeah, that so works. look out. That works. Look we're out. The same echelon as swimming just, pools. I was just going to say, just follow the swimming pool podcast. <laughs> but, yes, there is there's something at the moment to this disruption of media and and a bad... Like, what is the old saying? There's... Never no, a bad story. Never, yeah. Yeah. It's bad public. No like, such thing as bad press. That's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Got their team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess that's where, you know, the question is from a um, real estate transaction perspective, different hat than just total branding, mm. you know, which is what that guy is. It's just, it's a, it's a raffle business. Yes. So buy luxury goods, sell raffle tickets and then make profit on that purchase. I think I even saw last night that like... It's so, it's such a passive aggressive um, response as well, but it was it's along the lines of like, oh yeah, we took this hundred thousand dollars worth of stuff. Well, now I'm going to raffle this off for a dollar to all these other people, and yeah. all these proceeds are going to homelessness. So it's all fine. So no, my no. image is is all resolved. But that, that was an absolute lie. <laughs> but anyway, it it's it's an interesting little story that got me thinking about chattels. And as you're saying, you've had a barnstorm with the um, with the barn wood. What what procedure do you have in place? Like, I guess I'd just love to know, I'm listing a property, I just want to dot my I's, cross my T's. What do you guys do to mark it down? I think it all comes down to having the right conversations when you list the home for Absolutely, sale. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, talking yeah. to your owner and really understanding what is it that's coming and if there's any uncertainty or grey zone. Like, we quite often come up with this problem when we're selling a rental property and we Mm. don't realise that the shed in the backyard, the tenant paid for and put in and the tenant has every intention of taking that with them when they leave. Good example, And then the owner doesn't tell us that the shed isn't theirs. And then we have this situation that purchaser buys it 
And then the new purchaser brings us up and says, oh, the tenant tells me they own the shed. I thought I owned the shed. And, mm. you know, we're talking $1,000 shed. We're not yeah. talking big dollars. But they're the type of things that can cause this problem sometimes. So it's always making sure that anything you're unsure of, you just ask the vendor and get clarification early enough so yep. that you can write the proper paperwork up. Absolutely. And even in the disclosure sometimes, where insulation's a good example. Anytime anyone ever says, is the house insulated? I haven't expected it myself. And... I think you guys have had a case once too, but we had it years ago where the owner had said, look, yeah, the house is fully insulated. So, okay, cool. Yes, the house is fully insulated. Turns out that the lounge room was and not the rest of the house. And so then when the purchasers got up at the building inspection said, well, look, the insulation, it's only in the lounge room. And then, um, so I want my house fully insulated because that's what was promised and that's what I was sold. Yeah. And then we said to the owner, look, mate, you, he said, no, I didn't. Mm. I, I never promised such a thing. Well, I, what would I, no, I never said I've, that. I've rewired an entire house at $10,000 because the owner told me it was rewired and I passed that on to the purchaser and then it turned out to be incorrect. Mm. So now if anyone asks me, I always recommend you get a building inspection. That's it, yeah. Don't don't get into that conversation anymore. And going back to the chattels thing, like Pat said, it's those important conversations where, you know, if something seems obvious, it probably isn't. So the garden shed's a good example. No, I'm taking that chair. Okay, I guess we won't be putting it down then. Um, And it could be little things that just... To the buyer, once the if once the expectations there, that's what, or even um, that's why they paid that price. Yeah, and then you take that away, and my God, you're going to have a mess. Just on the reverse of that, just while you're talking about, it, I'm just thinking all those DVDs that showed up in the house the other day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What happens on the reverse of like things not being in the house? What happens with things that just get left? Removal of goods. Yeah. So in the contract, it states that all items not in the chattels list must be removed. From the property. Yeah. The problem is, is that some people just don't. Yeah. And then there's a follow-on to that that within seven um, days, seven, sure. yeah, seven days, following notification to remove them, well, then they effectively become the purchaser's problem. And so, I, so, so I, you've, I, I'll use them, you've got a responsibility to get rid of them, but if you don't do it in seven days, it's uh, not your so, problem so, anymore. It becomes their problem. Yeah. I, I use the example though more so that's relevant for useful stuff, and like a tractor might be an example where a hey, tractor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's your go-to. Because it's on usual rural properties where a lot of stuff gets left around the place. Yeah. Um, But if that – I should use the – anyway, tractor it is. Um, (laughs) But I could have done something better. Anyway, too late. Swimming pool. Uh, Above ground swimming pool. Above ground swimming pool, yeah. And a pet. If that – so that tractor gets left, it wasn't on channels. You've bought the house, Aaron. You write a letter to Pat that says, hey, you have to remove that tractor within the next seven days. On the eighth day – um, if Pat hasn't done that within seven days, on the eighth day he comes back and you've already you've sold it. It's like, well, too bad, so sad. It's like on the eighth day you sold it, on the ninth day Pat came, where's my tractor? It's like, sorry, mate, I gave you notice to remove it and now it's gone. Um, so normally though what happens I'd is, love to say that happens. It does. It's, <laughs> it's all the extra crap. And unfortunately um, that's why you need to do that work prior to settlement because it's the only real power play that the purchaser has is to get to the house the day before settlement and go, hey, th- all this crap's still here. I ain't settling until you resolve the problem. Okay. Because after yep. it's settled, good luck. Yeah. And then it's just... So yeah. normally it's left to John and Patrick with a ute. I was going to say, yeah. like, the amount of times that... the reason why there was 70 DVDs in the yeah. office the other day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it felt like I was back at Video Easy days. So I was like, oh, man, I haven't seen this in ages. <laughs> well, this is so good. That's why, like, even another one I had, the the owners that left, um, like, 14, 14 tyres underneath the house. and oh, Tyres are hard to get rid yeah. of. Yeah. And the best part about what I called him up said, "Oh, we thought we thought they would find it useful." 
Who in the who in the world is going to find fourteen busted up tires useful? So Maybe they're building a go kart track in the backyard. Oh, well, yeah, retaining wall. Yeah, yeah, yep. retaining wall. There you go. Yeah. Pop plants, swimming pool. Uh, uh, <laughs> turn into those swans from the eighties. You know, they used to cut it open yeah. and turn it into the swan. So yeah, say heaps of uses, mate. <laughs> next, See? next day, next day, brought the trailer, threw them out. Pay the price. Yeah. But again, you know, you, you don't even have to do that. Nature. You can walk away until the buyer look will go away. But we obviously don't want to have that Bad pass, that, that pass on that sour problem. And you can, you know, you can really... Um, well, oh, John, looking at this article that we've started this whole conversation on, maybe we do want that bad press. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah that's, we could turn into... Celebrities. Well, we did we did drop a clickbait article last week. So anyway, we're getting we're getting off track. I and we I didn't even think about kind of stuff being left in a property until so you, you were talking about stuff not being left in a property. But absolutely, yeah. But yeah. for the majority of it, we would normally get rid of it as the end story, isn't it? John? Uh, oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's just not worth it. Yeah, cool, mm. sweet. Well, thank you, boys. Um, shout out to everyone out there that's been listening to the Property Pod. I'm getting bloody close to being a father of three. Yeah. Um, things might be a little bit fluid coming in the next few weeks. It's all right. I'm actually starting a new pool podcast, Pools of Tasmania. Ah, so nice. I fill the gap when we're not nice. on the Property Pod. Mate, sitting there, you know, in the podcast with the ginger, like I'm just not going to be part of that at all. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> for my health. <laughs> not bad, not bad. Talk. I don't know how many episodes we'll get. Uh, <laughs> well, good luck. Uh, you've got an inbuilt audience. There, look, there's a pool story happening just across the road. The one that oh. they're closing down that people want um, to stay open. Yeah, yeah. Go grill Get it. those people in, get them to come in and, and talk it up. And yeah, we got this. I'm looking forward to listening to the Pools of Tasmania with Patrick Berry. <laughs> Watch this space. <laughs> just a monologue. <laughs> <laughs> Went swimming the other day, guys. Yeah. The end. <laughs> Picturing like a tweed jacket, yeah. cigar. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's wrap this up. Let's guys. wrap it up. All right, thanks, guys. This is the Property Pod. Like, share, subscribe, do all those things. See you later. See ya. Bye. You have been listening to the Property Pod, recorded and edited by 414 Media House in conjunction with 414 Property Co. This podcast is general information only, and the thoughts and views expressed is the opinion of our panel, and listeners should always seek then use their own investigation into any topic we discuss to ensure they fully understand their own situation. It does not constitute and should not be relied on as purchasing, selling, financial or investment advice or recommendations expressed or implied, and it should not be used as an invitation to take up any agent or investment services. No investment decision or activity should be undertaken on the basis of this information without first seeking qualified and professional advice.